Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday morning here on Community Radio 3CR. It is the 8th of July. The year is pressing on.、Uh, if you have donated some money or pledged some money to 3CR's Radiothon,、uh, you've missed the cutoff if you haven't paid yet for this year's taxes. But Fear not, you can still pay up and、uh, have that fully tax. Well, not fully.、Uh, every donation over two dollars is tax deductible. So、um, we're still raising those funds for Radiothon. I'm Giselle Hannam, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. You can find us on the web, all the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Look us up on those social media platforms. Our special guest in the second part of the show today is Alexia Fuentes. She is、um, the chairperson of Bayan Australia and was one of the keynote speakers at the red tagging public meeting that AAWL was a co-host for、um, last week. Or two weeks ago now, so I'm bringing you Alexia's speech to that public meeting.、Um, she did have some slides and a PowerPoint presentation, which, through the medium of radio, I won't be able to bring to you.、Um, but、uh, it is a powerful talk, nonetheless, about the targeting of communists in the Philippines by、um, successive Philippines. Governments, including the current Marcos regime, the previous Duterte regime,、uh, but of course this is a long-standing issue since the 80s, since the fall of Marcos. We're going to go to news from around the region, and today we're going to kick off in Korea, where Korean unions have launched a general strike against the government. I、uh, will also announce before I go to this story that、um, Australia Asia Worker Links will be hosting a trade unionist from South Korea next week,、um, and we'll be really.、Uh, Amping up the campaign in defence and support of the Korean trade union movement. So stay tuned for、um, more updates on this issue. But for now, I'll bring you this story: the KCTU has announced a general strike on Monday, which is due to last until the fifteenth of July. The strike is aimed at bringing down the Yun administration and to highlight the current government's anti-labour and pro-chabol policies. Chabol refers to the large family-run businesses in South Korea. The KCTU, which has a membership of 1.2 million workers, are also tying the strike into other issues affecting Koreans outside of the union movement, including bringing attention to how the Yun administration's anti-union campaign is eroding freedom of assembly and other basic rights that affect all Koreans. The KCTU are also using the opportunity to protest Japan's dumping of contaminated water from the Fukushima nuclear plant into the ocean, another major issue for Koreans. Predictably, the Yun administration and business lobby have slammed the strike as illegal and called for further punitive measures to be taken against the KCTU and its leadership. An estimated 400,000 workers are expected to participate in the strike action, which will include rolling rallies with different affiliated unions walking off the job on different days of the two-week action. 
And in Pakistan, rail workers strike for unpaid wages. Railway workers in the Pakistani city of Karachi scored a win this week after they walked off the job over unpaid wages. Workers in the rail industry in Pakistan have been facing periods of not receiving remuneration for their work since last year's devastating floods, despite national recognition of their crucial role in the relief effort which saved countless lives. With another instance of wages going unpaid in the lead-up to the Eid al-Adha holiday in late June, locomotive maintenance staff in Karachi walked off the job and blocked the railways. The delay in salaries had caused extreme financial stress on the workers and their families at a time coinciding with an expensive holiday period. The workers' demands were met, although the Railway Workers' Union will remain vigilant on the ongoing problems of unexplained delays in wages. And no doubt many of you will have seen the uh, most recent um, Israeli army offensive against Palestine, specifically the city of Jenin. The Israeli army launched a large-scale two-day raid on the Palestinian refugee camp of Jenin in the occupied West Bank on Monday, killing 12 Palestinians and causing more than 10% of residents to flee. The Israeli government claimed to be hunting members of the Islamic Jihad group, which is affiliated with Hamas and is headquartered in Jenin, although outside observers have questioned this claim in light of the widespread destruction of civilian infrastructure in the city, including a school and a health facility. Furthermore, more than half of the dozen residents who died in the raid were civilians without membership of either Islamic Jihad or Hamas. The raid was the third such attack on Janine this year and the largest in terms of Israeli forces with more than a thousand Israeli soldiers participating in the attack. Several journalists were also targeted in the raid with journalists from both RT News and Al Arabi reporting that they were fired upon while covering the raid despite being clearly labelled as members of the press. And Iran confirms a death sentence for a former electricity uh, department worker. The Supreme Court of the Islamic Republic of Iran has upheld a death sentence against Abbas Daris, a former employee of the electricity department, who was arrested during the November 2019 protests in Bandar-e-Mahshar, a port city on the Persian Gulf. Abbas and his brother Mohsen had taken to the streets to protest a sudden rise in fuel costs caused by the arbitrary ending of government fuel subsidies. When security forces attacked the protesters, many of them fled to a nearby canebrake, a grass thicket near the city, only to be fired upon by guns and heavy artillery. In the barrage and consequent grass fire, more than 40 civilians were murdered in what's known as the canebrake massacre. Abbas and his brother were among the survivors who were arrested and charged with crimes against God. Abbas was sentenced to death in 2022 and his brother received a life sentence. Abbas's family has faced considerable harassment during his imprisonment and his wife suffered a fatal stroke upon hearing of his death sentence. And moving now to Iraqi Kurdistan, where a recent report highlights the increasing crackdowns on journalists. 
A report on press freedom in Iraqi Kurdistan was published this week, highlighting 44 cases this year in which reporters were prevented from doing their job. Most of the incidents relate to the Iraqi Kurdistan government actively preventing journalists from covering incidents in their territory, although there are also notable cases of individual journalists being harassed by authorities, physically assaulting and verbally threatening. Most of the incidents were reported in the main cities of Erbil and Duhok, which are controlled by the powerful Berzani family and Suleymaniya, which is in the hands of their rivals, the Talibani family. The report was compiled by the local press union, the Kurdistan Journalist Syndicate, which had recorded more than 400 examples of press interference in 2022. Despite its relative stability compared to the rest of Iraq, its popularity with Western tourists, the Kurdistan region is tightly controlled by the ruling families of the territory and recent actions by the government, such as the proposed banning of LGBTI identities, are part of a wider crackdown on society. And in Cambodia, uh, the country prepares for the single-party election. On Saturday, Cambodia Prime Minister Hun Sen launched the election campaign for his party, the Cambodian People's Party, in the lead-up to the polls on the 23rd of July. This year's election is shaping up to be the least competitive since the transition to a multi-party system 30 years ago. The government's main opposition party, the Cambodian National Rescue Party, was dissolved in 2017 in the lead-up to the last election, with most of its prominent members being imprisoned on charges of planning a coup. Opposition activists who survived this purge formed another party, the Candlelight Party, which was due to run as a main opponent to the incumbent government until it too was banned from running on a technicality of paperwork in May. The only non-government parties running on the 23rd of July are small, poorly funded and regionally based political groups who are neither coordinated nor electorally strong enough to challenge the government. And that is news from around the region at 13 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature story, which is Alexia Fuentes' speech at the red tagging public meeting held a couple of weeks ago. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Three CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. Three CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers, and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at Three CR. To find out more, go to threecr.org.au and get in touch. Our 
final speaker today is Alexia Fuentes, who is the Secretary General of Bayan Australia, the co-host of this evening's public meeting. Um, she, uh, Bayan Australia is the Alliance of National Democratic Mass Organisations of Filipino Australians, and she's also the chairperson of Anak Bayan Melbourne, a comprehensive national democratic mass organisation of Filipino Australian youth in Victoria. Alexia is a youth activist and a member of the United Workers Union, who most of you will have heard by now, um, came out victorious in relation to their strike uh, that uh, wrapped up last night or at midnight. Over to you, Alexia. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I'm here to talk about the uh, effects of red tagging as a tool weaponized by the state. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone here who um, spoke before me because they have already detailed um, the long history of red tagging and uh, where it originated and how it continues to affect um, activism in the Philippines to this day. Um, next slide, please. Red tagging is the uh, practice of branding activists um, and dissidents as communists to justify state harassment, threats, abduction, illegal arrests, and even state-sponsored killings. Uh, it comes hand in hand or is sometimes used synonymously with terror tagging um, as a deliberate tactic in pinning the communist movement as terrorist groups. To legitimize the government's extensive counterinsurgency measures, defense budget, and moral arguments on which it pretends to stand on. Um, next slide. Red tagging is also used as a blanket attack against all activists, union leaders, peasant leaders, human rights workers, um, lawyers, student leaders, and indigenous communities. Um, suspected of being communists or members of the Communist Party of the Philippines and the New People's Army, simply for organizing themselves and defending their civil and political rights. The communist movement is anyway a result of persisting problems of imperialism, bureaucrat capitalism, and feudalism in the Philippines to begin with. And then next slide. Next slide. Fine. It can be, um, yeah. It is essentially a tool weaponized be, uh, by the state and its machineries, such, such as the military and the National Task Force to end local communist armed conflict, or NTFLCAC, to harass and silence dissent. Here you, in this slide, you can see above me uh, examples, some of the examples of red tagging on social media that even activists here in Melbourne have received. Um, as you can see uh, in the slide above me, um, these are such, some of the examples of red tagging on social media. Um, in these examples, um, we have here some photos of um, the protest uh, against Bongbong Marcus Jr.'s visit uh, last year in Melbourne. Um, so it went viral on social media when we uh, broke the news that Bongbong Marcus Jr. was here. And uh, we received a lot of threats and harassment from um, um, BBM supporters, supporters of uh, Bongbong Marcos and um, anti-FLCAP themselves, even red tagging us on their um, uh, media platforms, such as SMNI, which is a media platform in the Philippines, uh, controlled by um, Marcos and Duterte supporters. Um, and they also um, give platforms to NTFLCAC uh, spokespersons and speakers uh, as well. 
Um, and also um, they have red tagged um, um, individuals and activists seen in Melbourne, as well as our mass organizations here. The former chairperson of Bayern uh, Australia, which is uh, Berlin Guerrero, was also um, vehemently red tagged by the uh, 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 NTFL CAC and other individuals supporting ba uh, Bonbon Marcos and Duterte uh, as well. Um, we have also received threats and harassment from um, Liski Mora, who is the uh, um, a person from um, PyBS, um, Liski Mora, PyBS Humanitarian Incorporated Logistics International Department in Melbourne, Victoria. We have sent an open letter to her in 2020 to cease and desist her activities of red tagging all mass organizations here in Melbourne. Um, to this day, we still receive um, threats and harassment from the Philippines. Um, even um, uh, we have um, that we have had visits visits from NTFLCAC and other uh, government officials from the Philippines here in Melbourne, directly attacking and red tagging um, community organizations here in Melbourne. Yeah, next slide. Now, all of these things uh, can be traced back to the McCarthyist anti-communist witch hunt in the United States during the Cold War, but with deadlier consequence in an ever more worsening political climate and state violence amid a trend of a growing resurgent fascism in the Philippines. Next slide. According to uh, Prince Turtogo, National Coordinator of Panagusa, a broad Philippine network of indigenous peoples groups, they have found that red tagging often escalates into violent attacks during the administration of President Rodrigo Duterte. Panagiusa recorded 126 cases of extrajudicial killings of leaders and members of indigenous communities from 2016 to 2021. All of those indigenous leaders and civilians or their groups experienced red tagging at least at one point. Next slide, please. Uh, red tagging, Tutoga said, makes the human rights violations more extensive as it strips the victims of the protections of the law because they're tagged as communists or terrorists. And he said that red tagging is often a precursor to uh, violent attacks and is used to justify human rights violations. Um, so before I, uh, yeah, next slide. Yeah. So before I have to, uh, before I move forward, I have to give a trigger warning for the mentions of deaths, gruesome killings, and forced disappearances and other brutal attacks as a consequence of uh, red tagging and state harassment in the Philippines. Next slide, please. Among the latest cases of red tagging leading to violent attacks is the brutal massacre of the Fausto family. The victims are Rolly Fausto, 55, his wife, Imelda, 50, their children, Ben, 15, and Ravin, who's 12. They were killed in their home in Sitio Kankiling Barangay Buena Vista, Himamailan uh, City, Negros Occidental, on June 14, 2023. The Fausto family um, were sugar workers and active members of the Baglayan Bito Kabagal Farmers and Farm Workers Association. Prior to the murder, the Fausto parents had been relentlessly red tagged and were subjected to physical and mental torture, grave coercion, and illegal searches. The Fausto family also belonged to the church uh, Iglesia Filipina Independiente, which has also been heavily red tagged by state agents. Human rights groups in Negros, including Carapatan, have alleged that the 94th Infantry Battalion is behind the heinous crime. Uh, though the armed forces of the Philippines have denied wrongdoing, local groups report that Rolly and Imelda Fausto had faced instances of harassment since March 22, 2022. When they were first imprisoned, accused of being supporters of the New People's Army, 
and had their farm ransacked by armed men in military and civilian clothes. From the data I obtained from the International Coalition for Human Rights in the Philippines, or ICHEP, according to the Himamayland City Police, their bodies sustained close-range gunshot wounds, allegedly from an uh, M16 rifle. Police said they found 53 M16 bullet shells at the crime scene. According to a Rappler report, photos show Imelda's body just outside the hut's doorway, her skull shattered and her left leg riddled with bullet wounds. The body of one boy dangled out of a separate doorway at the back, and another body was found inside the hut. Rolly's body was found 50 meters from the hut. Neighbors reported hearing gunfire at about 10 p.m. on June 14. The victims were found by their daughter, who lives in another house the next morning. Next slide. On another hand, we also have cases of enforced disappearances, such as the abducted peasant and youth organizers, Michael Cedric Casano and Patricia Nicole Sierva. According to reports from concerned citizens on May 16, 2023, Cedric and Sierva were captured alive by elements of the 50, uh, Philippine Army's 501st Infantry Brigade in Barangay Cabiroan, Gonzaga Town, Cagayan. Patricia Sierva is a high-profile former student leader and was prominent at the University of the Philippines, Manila, and she was also chairperson of the Kabataan Party List for the National Capital Region in 2018. She went back to Cagayan province to share her knowledge and empower farmer communities. Meanwhile, Cedric Casano is a former philosophy student at the Polytechnic University of the Philippines and was an active campaigner for the Green Platform in Cagayan, where magnetite and sand mining operations were damaging the environment that would result to food insecurity and biodiversity loss. Another recent case is the enforced disappearance of indigenous people's rights defenders, Jean Ross Bazu de Jesus and Dexter Capuyan, who went missing since May 18, 2023. Next slide. All of whom have received threats and harassment from either anonymous sources or known state forces and have been red tagged in one form or another, leading up to their disappearance and or deaths. Next slide. There have been many instances of state agents and intelligence officers following activists home from demonstrations or from work as part of their surveillance operations. Following such incidents, many activists shortly receive threatening messages either through social media or via text and phone calls, telling them they will meet their end if they, don't, if they do not cease their activities or renounce their activism, while simultaneously red tagging them as members of the CPP and PA. I would just like to um, give mention to the people um, following names who have been abducted in the 11 months of the Marcos Duterte administration, uh, ending in various fates. Some of those who have been killed, some of them remain missing. Um, there's Maria Elena Pamposa, Elgin Wongkal uh, from July 3, uh, Stephen Tauli, August 20, Sherilyn Rebita, Jacqueline Ektob, August 26, Aureli Havana, Jennifer Binongkasan, November 3, Jan Gumanao, Armand Dayoha, January 10, Ariel Badyang, February 6, Leonardo Sermona Jr., March 16, Rogelia Posadas, Kamikmik, Renel de los Santos, Denel Mailen, April 19, Mary Joyce Lizada, Arnulfo uh, Aumentado, April 24, and then we've got Jean Ross Bazu de Jesus, Dexter Capuyan, April 28, and Patricia Sierva, uh, Cedric Casano, May 16 and countless others that have not been mentioned here. I'd like to um, give uh, honor and um, uh, give a minute of silence to um, those who have been disappeared and um, 
have been killed um, by state agents and call uh, to continue to call uh, for justice. We from Bayer in Australia strongly condemn this trend of red tagging and blanket attacks, as well as these strings of enforced disappearances, state harassment and brutal killings that result from them. Such cowardly and underhanded tactics by the US Marcus regime and its predecessors signify a diminishing democratic space where political expression of activists belonging to the national democratic movement and other formations advancing the interests and aspirations of the marginalized masses are being violently repressed. So we therefore call on uh, the uh, uh, Marcus administration to stop red tagging now and to defend the right to free political expression. Um, that'll be the end of uh, my uh, speech. Justice for all victims of human rights violations in the Philippines at Maraming Salamat Po. Serrated tussock is a noxious weed that has impacted our farmlands and environment across Victoria. Similar in appearance to many native tussock grasses, serrated tussock may go unnoticed in both pastures and native grasslands for many years. Victorian Serrated Tussock Working Party has assisted hundreds of landholders to control this noxious weed and they can assist you by offering a wide range of information and management options for controlling this weed of national significance. Visit serratedtussock.com for more information. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. And that was Alexia Fuentes from Bayana, Australia, talking about red tagging. And that was a speech she delivered at a public meeting hosted by Bayan, Red Ant and Australia Asia Worker Links. Uh, and that was held on the 30th of June. And that does bring us to the end of another Asia Pacific Currents. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. But of course, coming up next is Palestine Remembered. Just a final reminder that if you still want to contribute to Radiothon, you can. If you pledge some money and still need to pay, I'm going to play an announcement about how you can do that.